Yes, welcome after the hype. I'm your host, Brian Joss. With me, as always, are Jonathan Hardesty. Yay. And Emily Blake. Hi. Uh, that's it this week. Uh, both the other co-hosts cannot be here this week. Oh, I'm sad. Sad story. But we do have Tom Ford here. Hey, I'm, uh, I make movies, apparently. Yeah, he's going to have to uh, serve as both of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to live up to their uh, high standards. That's, uh, uh, that's, that's going to be that's gonna be tough. That's okay, a fitting statement enough. given that they're both women leave. and this week has happened. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what a fun week. Yeah. Mm. Um... What was the last episode we had you on? Was it for the movie you directed? Uh, I believe so, yeah. yes, yes. I think that might have been it. Oh, yeah. Uh, unless one. we did Oculus after, but I think that was before. Yeah, no, Oculus was before. Yeah, I think that yeah. was before. It's yeah. at least been about like 30 weeks or so. Yeah. Well, how's, the, how's director life been treating you? Uh, or fashion. <laughs> fashion's been more busy than directing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can see that. I've yeah. never gotten tired of making fun of your name, and I've known you for like six years now. Yeah. That's a, you know what? Good for me. <laughs> I I've love, only boarded this train fairly late in the game, and I'm yeah. okay with it. As soon as you realize Tom Ford, the, and Tom, oh yeah, yeah, cool. If I ever actually want to be famous for myself, I'm gonna have to change my name. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, let's do a. Where have you been doing? Um, I can go first. I, I know I said last time that I was debating on stopping watching American Horror Story, but I didn't, and I kept watching, and I'm so glad that I did, because I got to Hotel, which is one of the best solid seasons of any TV show ever, if you're into melodrama, like I so very am. And this is just basically a soap opera for 12 episodes with Lady Gaga and a whole bunch of other people, and it was like... For the remaining cast, like the cast that's been there from the beginning, I think it's the best acting any of them have done throughout the entirety of American Horror Story. If you jumped off the boat in Coven like a lot of people did, yep. just <laughs> I actually enjoyed Freak Show as well. I thought it was way better than people said it was, but you could skip Freak Show and just watch Hotel, and it's just so just like juicy melodrama of like, I love him, but I can't have him. And it's just like so <laughs> over the top. And it was, I, I loved the hell out of it. And it was All basically, right. like, it's the most R rated FX could go. And it's just like crazy violent, tons of sex, tons of violence, so much just emotions just dripping out of the screen. Like, Chewie walked in, she's like, So are you still enjoying this? I'm like, Oh, no, I fucking love this. This is great. And then I got to the first episode of Roanoke, and I'm like, Eh, I'll pass. <laughs> But hotel, totally worth it. What a roller coaster of a series! Oh yeah, uh, you can I, just I, skip entire seasons and just be like, okay. I well, think that's I, the beauty of some of these yeah. anthology ideas, like except for Apocalypse, which ties them all together, apparently very loosely. Oh, cool. Because like even Hotel has a character from Coven in it and a character from Murder House. Actually, two characters from Murder House. So like they're all kind of loosely tied together. Okay. Um, but they all have their own stories, and like I, I don't think any of them are bad and they definitely got better with the whole like let's not rape everybody and like that gets out of there as the show goes on that's good uh, did, did i ever tell you about the time that i was at comic-con and i saw the panel that was combined screen queens american horror story and kathy bates was fucking blitz off her ass <laughs> and she just kept making jokes to jamie lee curtis and then leaning over and yelling down the table basically implying that she wanted to bone matt bomer bomer um, <laughs> can't was, blame her there that's a handsome it was guy. really amazing <laughs> she was so drunk and it was just terrific nice i love kathy bates yeah, I, know. I know she only has one more season left in american horror story so which is why i'll probably watch just because I love Kathy Bates. That's it for me. Uh, I watched a fascinating docu-series on Netflix called Wild Wild Country. Um, Chewie loved that. It's, I, my brain was like, the whole time I was watching it. It's, if you don't know what it is, it is about the Sinyasins, the um, um, Bhagwan Rajneesh, 
uh, was in like this Indian guru and he started a compound or a little commune in Oregon and near this really tiny town of people who did not want them there. And then the story just went the fuck off the rails. Like this place is crazy. There's poison. There's like intrigue. There, basically what was fascinating about this whole series is that every single person in this story is terrible. They are all terrible people. And uh, every, but I'm sure some of the people who lived on the commune are good, but all the people, all the major players in the story are terrible. The townspeople are terrible. The leaders of the commune are terrible. The fucking, uh, the Bhagwan is terrible. The people trying to shut them down are terrible. Everyone is terrible, but everyone thinks they are a fucking hero. Every single terrible person in that story thinks they are such a good person and they're doing the right thing and they're righteous and they're not. And that's why it's really great watching it. Cause you spend, I spent the whole time like yelling at everyone on my television vision and being very like but constantly having my emotions turn like sometimes she'll be like oh my god those people are those townspeople are being assholes why the fuck are you doing that they're just trying to live and then the next episode you're like what the fuck are you doing why are you antagonizing those townspeople what like oh my god it's so great guys uh what about you where have you been in? uh so uh i had a little extra time to watch a, another movie uh so i watched a, a horror movie called uh, as above so below where they basically that did not look good how was it it was interesting. I would say I would say it's on par with any movie. Like it's what you would expect from a movie of that kind, based off the advertisements. There's no surprises. Okay. From what you've seen, if you've seen the trailers, it's kind of what it is. Um, it was. In, I liked some of the imagery that they were going for, and they kind of took a, a Dante's Inferno spin on things. So there, it was a little bit more um, intelligent about that, and had a, a more of an interesting kind of premise as you got deeper in. Uh, and the imagery as they're delving down in these catacombs and uh, also hell. It was uh, interesting, kind of the, the imagery that they chose for it. Yeah. But it's also found footage, so it's, again, it Ooh, falls, uh, <laughs> follows all those tropes of found footage. And if you've seen a found footage, you've seen, you know what to expect. Does, does the somebody drop the camera at one point and lay down yeah. in front of it and then get dragged away from the camera? Uh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, there there once they get kind of deep into the, the bowels of hell, as, as it were, there was some creepy imagery that I, I appreciated. Like at okay. one point they kind of like freak out because the uh, faces start slowly coming out of the stone, mm. and then break out as people and then start attacking them. That was just kind of cool. But then there was like mouths that were coming out of the ground and biting at their feet, and so like there was like these weird kind of hellish um, visuals that I thought were kind of kind of cool. Fairly uh, unique. But yeah, it's, yeah. If you if you if you know you want something that's expected, like... kind of an expected entity. Yeah. With some fun visuals, I'd go for that. Might give it a shot. Tom, what about you? Um, I guess I'm going to talk about the, uh, well, first off, I'm going to plug Graham's show, The Venture Brothers, because yeah. I've been watching uh, the new season, and uh, I found it particularly enjoying. Um, yeah, I don't really know what the what really more to say about it, but I, I think you should check it out. It's uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, the progression of the characters from yeah. season one to season seven. I threw on a season one episode, even just the animation, the art style, mm-hmm. everything seems, it seems like... It's a different show, but it's the same show still. Oh, yeah. Well, like, at its heart. And doing the show notes for you guys for it, <laughs> it's been funny because there's only so many times you can go, this episode is my favorite, or this is a really good episode before it's like, I'm just going to start copying and pasting the last yeah. <laughs> show notes because it's, it's been that good. Like, it's a good fucking show. Yeah, man. it is. Check out Venture Bros, a Venture Brothers podcast. <laughs> um. All right. Should we start talking hereditary? Yes. Um, yeah. I'm going to call it Herarity. Herarity? <laughs> herarity, hilarity. Yeah, hereditary. Yeah. Um, so this is a movie came out earlier this year. Uh, it made pretty good money. I thought it was going to make more, and then it didn't because there's a lot of like, uh, I don't remember which film festival it opened at, but it opened, and people were like, it's the scariest movie of all time, which is usually like a guaranteed $100 million 
uh, movie. Actually, let me look up. I, I'm curious to see how much it actually. Scariest made. movie of all time. Yeah, I, well, that's I a mean, lofty I, claim. But. I enjoyed it, and there were parts of it that were very scary. But uh, yeah. I feel like that's kind of, and we don't necessarily have to get into it because it's kind of a boring conversation at this point. But it, that's kind of the culture now. It's either yeah. the greatest thing of all time or the worst. It's and, the Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, everything's it, a superlative. Exactly. So, like, when people see a decent horror film, they say it's the greatest horror film of yeah, all time, and yeah. it's like, all right, well, we'll get there. Yeah, so the production budget is N slash A, so that's interesting. And then it ended up making worldwide seventy nine million. So it did okay. I'm probably I'm guessing all those sets were built from scratch. So I'm guessing Oh really? Yeah. That wasn't location? Mm mm. Hmm. Um we'll get into it. I, I watched a lot of the special features on this yeah. one. Like there's this one it really reminds me of the Babadook, but only in like the design aspect. Yeah, because I was about to be like, it can't cost that much because you know, they mostly yeah. shot in the house. Oh, but if they yeah, had to no, build the house, geez. Yeah. yeah. Um Maybe so, they could sell the house yeah. and someone could live in it after. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the critically, it was through the roof. Fan-wise, it was somewhere in the middle. And I think I'm in between the both. But we'll get into that after we do a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Tom, are you ready to do this? I'm ready to break down. <laughs> Emotionally. <laughs> this is a, this could be a tough one to do in 30 seconds. Because hmm. it depends on like which theory of what happened you buy into. So uh, if you agree with me, I'll say you passed. And if you don't, you're going to fail. Just so yes. you know. I, I, that's that's I, a little unfair. Yeah, it's a little biased, right? Yeah. I, would, I would assume the case, though, with you. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Hereditary in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. All right. Uh, the, ma- the matriarch of the family dies. Um, she's kind of like a cult worshiper, and uh, she kind of imbues the soul of a god into her uh, her youngest daughter or her granddaughter. Um, some shenanigans happen. The granddaughter dies on, in a crazy scene. Um, and then the cult kind of starts attacking the family and winds up somehow killing the family and getting the soul of the, the god Palamon into the, uh, into the eldest child, which is, I guess, their ultimate goal so that he can be reborn. That's it. World. That's it. And uh, you agree with me. So we're good. That's a pass all around. I think I, I got like an extra second buffer in there. So maybe you I did. failed a bit briefly, but. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a, an 80% pass. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> That's a solid B Just cut me off at like 29 seconds. And yeah. Then, like, the God Palmon. <laughs> yeah. So before we, we dive too deep into this thing, I want to do a hot take around the table just because it was so like the fans were like, the people who saw it were so meh and the f- critics were so woohoo. I want to see where we are before we start discussing it. Where'd you guys end up? I'd say like three out of four for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I was yeah. like, I was going in with a little bit of hype, unfair probably, but like, yeah. I was like, this is solid. And it was, it was more like, they were saying it was great. I thought it was fine. Yeah. It was good. I really enjoyed it. I, yeah. It wasn't the trailer at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer made it look like it was just wall to wall scary shit. And like 50% of the movie is just people dealing with grief. Yeah. Um, but overall, I, I, I actually kind of liked it a lot because I'm not that big a horror movie fan. So I, yeah. the, the part, it was only scary for a short amount of time and I can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it's hard to describe it as, as great when it, like, I wasn't expecting some of the familial, like tragedy emotion thing. Yeah. And it was taking me down some paths that generally kind of like sour is not the right word, but turns it from like being really great to being like good because I'm spending more of the time like feeling yeah and dealing with negative How personal emotions that, dare they make a yeah, movie that, yeah, yeah. that might make the movie better in I my opinion better, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that time will tell like we'll see because yeah. it was it was in that weird area of like opening up things and then sure. like also not being mind blowing at the same time like I don't know it's sure so I, I, I've settled on good hmm that's kind of like uh well i'll get into that tom what about you uh, i would agree but i kind of have this the opposite thought i thought the the case study of uh human grief through family tragedy i thought that was like the most compelling part of the movie to me 
Um, and when they got into the supernatural elements as much, it, it lost me a little bit. But that's because I'm not a big horror guy. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Which I mean, I thought it was all well done. Said we've had you on because we only have you on for horror movies well, for some reason. <laughs> because I'm analytical and I might yeah. be an anti-opinion. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, stylistically and production-wise and acting, I think everyone did a great job on this. It's just yeah. certain things just aren't my cup of bag. Sure. Uh, or a cup of tea. As cup of bag. Yeah, cup of bag. Cup of bags. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to dot the T's and cross the I's. Yep. <laughs> dot those J's and uh, X those D's. Yep. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I would. I, I think you guys are pretty much spot on. Like the the thing with me though is, if you want to talk about like, the grief case study, it's all stuff that I thought was done better in Babadook. So it's like, mm, yeah, and, like and that's not necessarily like a knock against this movie. I mean, there's all movies are varying quality, but it's one of those things where like I feel like my major issue with this movie is that everything that it does well, I've seen done better in a different movie. Not necessarily all in the same package, though. So it's like if I want to see a movie about grief, I could go watch this. If I want to see a movie about a cult, I could go watch that. If I, but if I want to see it all in one place, this is one of the first ones I've seen that tried to do like all of it at one time. So, so like it's kind of a knock against it and kind of a celebration for it of like, look what it tried to do. Yeah, like like this this movie swung for the fucking fences. Yeah, and uh, a little bit about the filmmaking. If you guys didn't look into it, um, so the whole movie. Uh, Tony Collect's character is into making miniatures, and she's like a famed miniature maker. Like she has an art show in I think Chicago. I don't remember exactly where they said it was, uh, where all they want to see is her miniatures because she's so good at it. Um, and she makes dollhouses, so they wanted the set to feel like a dollhouse. So to do that, they had to build the set as if it was a huge dollhouse. So all the walls were removable, all like the furniture is super light and can just be knocked around. Like they wanted it to look and feel like a dollhouse at all times, and I thought that was just. That was genius because it really helped set the tone of the whole movie. Did they build the house like uh like that dollhouse in the opening shot where they're zooming in like with all the yeah, different layers on top of each other? Yep. Oh, okay. Wow. wow. So that's why like when you see like their living room like the entry room like you never see that one wall except for like a few scenes where they just had to fly in that wall. Mm-hmm. It's because it's just an open set and they're just wow. cruising around. It. I'm like I yeah. thought that was that just... would be cool space to shoot in. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tony Collette said. Uh, after filming it, that the director was the most prepared director she had ever worked oh, with in I her love career. That. It's like, wow, that is a compliment. Yes. <laughs> that, that means my, your crew is probably very happy. You yeah. can't see it because the headphones, my, my my ears perked up. Yeah. Yeah. Prepared, <laughs> prepared <laughs> director? Yeah, you mean like, people got out on time? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> they knew what they were doing ahead of time. Wow. They yeah. planned. They probably didn't shoot rehearsals. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's just great. impressive all around. And, like, and that, I think that's kind of where I come down to in this movie is that it's impressive all around. Where I might not love it as much as people did, I still think I was thoroughly impressed from beginning to end. Okay. Um, but let's start, like, kind of jumping around here. I, I want to start with the uh, the girl. What do you guys think of the, the girl, the Matilda from Broadway? our first movie she was on broadway as matilda though so she oh, had interesting. A, like she had an old lady vibe from minute one like yeah. it's freaky yeah. yeah and that yeah <laughs> it's like, what a what a great <laughs> sound yeah. choice yeah all around uh so innocuous but also creepy as it builds throughout the rest of the movie yeah because it's one yeah. of those things where it's like it's a tick at first and then it's creepy yeah right and, and it's one you'll you'll talk about like uh, i'm trying to think of um the conjuring where they had to clap the clap clap yeah, and like there's those those specific sounds or like the um, of like older movies, the most iconic of all time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying not to distract from this movie, um, but just like those iconic sounds, this would count among them. You could you will have that with you. Yeah, when you hear the when you hear somebody click their tongue like that, if you've seen this movie, you'll go, like, "Oh, hereditary." I do it a lot, and I have to stop now because yeah. <laughs> it's also very smart because it gives us since we're talking about a body jumping like supernatural spirit. 
it allow you allow that click as an indication that it's in the body. Like yeah. it's a really good shorthand for letting us know understand what happened. And it's one of those where it's not so on the nose that it feels like it's insulting to the viewer. It's like it's just perfect enough where it's like so when he stands up at the end of the movie after yeah. like being basically murdered and thrown out of his house. He was scared to death. He was scared to death. <laughs> yeah. As soon as that happened, he stands up and goes, it's like, oh, he did die. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He's not going to save the day. Nope. Nope. Uh, he saved well, the day in Jumanji. Will. He can't do it twice. <laughs> well, maybe he will save the day for the worshipers and make the world like they want it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he did save the day for someone. But yes. Not the right someone, but someone. Saved it for the villains. That is one of the things I thought was really interesting about the structure of this movie is I started thinking partway through, like, how it's basically a two-hander. We're not, we're following Tony Collette and then we're following, what's uh, Peter? I don't know the actor's name, but like Peter, and I, I don't, I feel weird using an actor's name, but also a character name and picking, not picking <laughs> one. But, um, but uh, the mom and and um, and some of the time we're following him and it would have been really easy to make it his story and he's like being stalked the whole time and we could have been following the son the whole time and we weren't because in a way, I can I get why because actually most of his decisions are very passive. So it was better to follow her, watch her try to make active decisions and then watch how it how it like gets to him. But it it was just interesting to watch structurally that he wasn't the main character, even though most of the movie was about him. Yeah, and then switching to him at the end, yeah. making him the main character at the end, but was I, like when the spirit entered him. I thought it was a very interesting way yeah. that they I did that. I don't think he was ever the main character. Like He, he might have been the point of view for a moment, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think, necessarily, I don't think Tony Collette was the main character either like i don't really i feel like it wanted to be an ensemble like never yeah. really fully settled on either peter or i'm just gonna look up their names um it's alex wolf is the actor i remember because i hired a pa named alex wolf and uh it wasn't this one uh <laughs> we're continuing on that theme of people whose names are also other people's names yeah exactly um annie is tony collette's okay, uh character right, right. so okay. with, i don't feel like it was ever really annie or peter i think it was kind of the both of them, yeah. but there's a there's a scene in the beginning of the movie that I thought it like it, it really kind of set for me like oh okay so I know where this movie's going. Uh, it's when Peter's in high school and they're doing a class on Greek mythology mm-hmm. and they're talking about uh, I think it was the Iliad was it I don't remember exactly um, which book it was. It, it was the story of uh, I think the sacrifice of the daughters so that they could get to Troy quicker that with the winds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that would be the Iliad. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned basically like, is it a tragedy because none of their decisions mattered? Like they're on these rails from the get go and it didn't matter what they do. This is where they're headed. And they're like, yeah, it's more of a tragedy because it meant that they were, they had fate and they had no choice. And they were, I, I even wrote down as my quote, um, yeah, that basically set up the entire movie for me. Yeah, it yeah. sets the tone of the whole thing where basically, yeah, they're pawns caught in a horrible machine with no choice. And it's like, yep. So now I know this family uh, is fucked from the get go. Yeah. Like the grandma made sure, and that's why it's hereditary. It's in their blood. They have no choice, no matter what they do. Sooner or later, someone in this family is going to be a vessel for that god. They have no choice. And, and, it, and that's interesting because that even that is very Greek. Because yeah. you know the Greek chorus always told you the ending of the story before yeah. they even started. Yeah, this movie really kind of followed that theory, yeah. and I'm like, I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, and I thought it worked really well. Like it didn't do enough where it spoiled the story, but it did enough where it's like, okay, I know where I know what I'm sitting down for now. It's definitely a tragedy. No one's making out of this fucking thing alive. And they made it kind of easy to skim over that beginning part too. Yeah. So that way, like when it, it the rewatch will be really good for me too. I think on this. Yeah. I, Just because I because I, I, I now that I hear what you were saying about it, I was like, okay, yeah, I do recall those details, but I kind of glossed over that in the beginning. Yeah. Well, you and, didn't know what was important at the time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, this is just a throwaway. Oh, yeah. they're in a class. So yeah. 
the when they when the all the other sounds died down and we listened to the teacher talking for a second, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Was, that, was that the teacher? I thought that was one of the other students like trying to answer, but I was confused the teacher, there because the teacher asked the question and then two people answered it. Well, yeah. the one kid answered like a jackass. Is it more of a tragedy? Yeah. Why? Because. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> then the second one <laughs> felt like an ADR line. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was the teacher or another student. Or... I think it was supposed to be the student. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, I mean, it we, still we, served its purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were, but that's where he was looking at that girl's butt, right? Yeah. 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 So we were meant to think, we were meant to pay attention to that yeah. and think that relationship was the big deal of the scene when it wasn't. And boy, did that relationship not go anywhere. It but... went nowhere fast. <laughs> uh, that's my high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Back to the girl for a second. Her death scene caught me way the fuck off guard. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I gasped. I, I never watched a trailer. I never looked up what the movie's about. The first time I saw a single frame of this movie was when I watched it two days ago for this podcast. Was that death in the trailer? Did you know that she died? I don't think no. so. Because I know she's on all the posters. She's in all the ad marketing. The trailer didn't do anything like that. Okay. Um, But I had, you know, film Twitter and all that had mentioned, like, when as they've watched this movie, they've been like, there's one moment where it's like, oh, my God, I'm like, Okay, well, whatever. And I forgot about that. Yeah. And that must have been the moment because I gasped and I was like wide-eyed for about a good minute, two minutes, five minutes. Yeah. That, I had an audible like, <gasps> like oh, fuck. Cause it's one of like, those... maybe she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things where it's like they set her up to feel kind of like we're important. We're, yeah, not even mm-hmm. just important. Like we're trying to figure out is Annie or Peter the main character while I was watching it because the posters are all just – Tony Collette and Millie, I forget her last name. And it's like, okay, so I'm guessing the girl's the main child character and Tony Collette's the main adult character. Well, and up to this there point, goes her head. <laughs> and up to this point, the the brother, uh, Peter, yeah, uh, has seemed like relatively unimportant. Like, it seemed like Tony Collette and her, based off the posters, like you said, yeah. the everything, but he just seemed like, oh, here's a kid just looking at a girl's ass in high school and just kind of whatever. He's going to be so tangential to this. Yeah. And like I didn't even know there was a brother. That's kind of the, going the into the trailer. This. Just yeah, I didn't know he was a brother either. Also, because he doesn't really look like. Well, I guess you can say he look kind of like Gabriel Byrne, but um, kind of. Um, but uh, his but the color correction, yes. Don't, his, yeah, his features <laughs> don't look like them at all. No, I, th- I um, thought he was adopted. To be honest, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you Google "is Peter adopted," it'll fill in in hereditary for you. Oh. <laughs> so a lot um, of people had that question. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so in the trailers, I didn't know he was related, and also all you see in the trailers is him just getting attacked by things. So yeah. you're just like, oh, here's like somebody's boyfriend who's gonna get you know bad things happening to them. So yeah, you didn't expect at all for him to be such a major part of the story. And he really is like he he. That's I was gonna say he really moves it forward the story forward, but no one does. It's yeah. the story moves the story, the story yeah. forward. Yeah. Which is, he's oh he's super passive. He spends the entire movie rightly, but moping. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, I mean it makes sense that he's moping. He yeah. he, he just accidentally murdered his sister. Uh, accidentally knocked his sister's. Well, head that's off. kind of yeah. interesting. That's <laughs> kind of interesting then, because you could almost say a lot. Everyone in this in their grief is <sighs> very passive. Well, that's the whole point. Yeah, Everyone yeah. is yeah. There's no proactive is, character except for the grandma who doesn't have a single frame yeah. in this movie and then as like a vision to the daughter. And like, then like she's in the, the casket. Only... Like they see her in a casket briefly. Like yeah. and five the, seconds. And the, uh, I forget the actress's name, the girl who always plays the evil woman uh, who's like the... Aunt Tony, Lydia? Yeah. Like, yeah, she just don't ever trust that woman. Yeah. She pops up in a movie like, well, don't trust like her. Immediately, I just yeah. like, sorry, Aunt Lydia. So she <laughs> says, you know, like, for the rest of her life. Great actress, but yeah, just. God, I bet people say that to her everywhere she goes. Uh, yeah. People are constantly apologizing to her. <laughs> I can't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but beyond her, like, she's, she's very proactive, but she's a part of the cult. Um, but moving on to the cult a little bit, I think this is this is where I'll get into my major issue with the movie. Is like mm-hmm. this movie clearly borrows, not borrows, but is influenced 
by a lot of other older horror movies. Yeah. And as soon as I caught on there was a cult, I'm like, oh, kind of like Rosemary's Baby. Oh, a lot like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Oh, it mm-hmm. keeps being like, oh, here's a whole bunch of people waiting for this person to be. Uh, yeah, so this is just Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I clued into that, I could kind of guess every beat from there on out. And it didn't oh, spoil it. It didn't spoil it at all for me. It was still a very enjoyable ride, but it's one of those things where it's like, like if you knew the ending to Sixth Sense, it doesn't make it a bad movie. It just means like, all right, so some of the mystery's taken out of it. And as okay. soon as I clued into Rosemary's Baby, I'm like, oh, okay, I know what this movie is. It does give you a little bit more time to kind of um, pick apart as you get into the ending, where in the sure, beginning yeah. you're always kind of like, you're dealing with the grief, wondering what's in the, what's out there in the periphery, what's going on, what's this unease I feel. You're always kind of wondering and you don't have a lot of time to just like pick apart what's going on in the scene. But once you kind of know, like you said, like, yeah. Okay, it's going to be this Rosemary's Baby thing. Then now suddenly you're starting to kind of analyze it as you're watching. So that's yeah. why it's like the ending is good. I like kind of what they chose for it, but it does diminish its effectiveness. Yeah, a little bit. Like it just because you know you're kind of yeah, it's like, doing oh, predictive text on. Oh, it. okay. So this kid's the devil or whatever pagan deity this is going to be. But it's there's going to be these people up there in the treehouse some at some point. There's yeah. going to be these people who you've never really seen before. They're going to be real but not real. And but they've been hinted at like they were at the funeral and it's like, "Oh, yeah, all these things are there." And it's like, "Okay, I can see where you're borrowing from and I'm, I don't yeah. have a problem with that." Like if yeah. you're going to borrow, borrow from the best. And Rosemary's Baby is arguably one of the best horror films ever made. Yeah. Does it make me dislike the movie? No, but it did kind of take away parts of it from me. Um what about you guys? Like I I've been leading the charge on this one. What what stood out to you guys? There were some really scary parts at the end. Like uh I know you said you weren't that scared, but I literally shrieked in my apartment this morning when I finished watching this movie because I watched half of it last night and then half of it this morning. Um but uh there's like the scene where he's wandering around and looking and he sees his dad's charred body body and then and then like he he's like you're waiting like wait where'd she go where'd she go where'd she go and all of a sudden she jumps out at him i just went ah just like screamed. she scared the shit out of me and then like the total i totally get why he jumped out the window at that point oh, they yeah. terrorized him so much that he's just like that's that's it he's done yeah it's and he just watched it like his sister's head came off his dad was burned alive like his he just watched his mom saw her ne- own neck while um, doing your best impersonation like, of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah right? It's just like anybody else would... I don't know what else you would do at that point other than just jump out yeah, the fucking yeah. window. It was very effective at the uh, thinking you see something in a corner or the doorway that I haven't seen in very many movies. Yeah. Like, I, the, the, anytime that someone was like, is, am I seeing something? And they look at it, I was like, God, am I seeing something? Oh, the one she that... was up on the wall behind him. Yeah. And you don't mm-hmm. see it at first. And then you go, wait, oh my God. And yeah. like How long has she been there? Yeah. And pops to... I mean, like, you don't only have, like, someone like Tony Collette or, like, the main lead woman that you would have in the movie be doing that stuff. Yeah. And the physicality that she, like, her physicality really stood out to me in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, both the, the transformation from the grief into, like, this horrific kind of, like, spider kind of skeletal, like, freaky thing. And I thought what they did with Tony Collette, specifically in the way of grief, is something you like. They've done in many movies, but I, 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 just, I love Tony Collette. Like, I, yeah, I, she's one of my so favorite good. actors ever. Um, and she did it so well of uh, grief turned into anger, and like you don't see that done well in a lot of movies. A lot of time, it's just somebody getting drunk and angry. And she didn't do the drunk and angry thing. She was just mad, and she was mad all the time. And she didn't really have a place to put that anger. So like when she's poked and prodded, she'll explode at you because it's anger grief and like like the scene I, at the dinner table like with the, the scene with at the child. dinner table Which I found yeah. so fascinating because you I was expecting like 
I guess we're conditioned to expect this, but like after after the accident happened, it was very fascinating to me that he just drove away. <laughs> he's just yeah. like, because oh, he's so in shock. In sh- um, oh, yeah. And and I was expecting an immediate like blow up from that. Like, how could you do how you're so irresponsible? And instead it just festered yeah. and no one brought it up and everyone was pretending everything was fine until that scene when it yeah. all came to the surface. And you're like, OK, that actually is pretty realistic, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that one was really realistic. And then her nightmares were all very realistic of like the son, just like, why are you afraid of me? I never want to be your mother. Yeah. And it's like, oi. And like, it, like, it's just all those things that are just like tied into like losing a loved one that like all the things you want to say to people that you know you shouldn't because you know your feelings are just fucked up right now. And you can just see it on Tony Collette's face throughout the entire movie of like, this is everything I want to say, but I can't because I'm trying to be a good mom, even though I don't want to be. I mean, really they all should have gone to therapy. Like, they should have been immediately. therapy a long time ago. <laughs> and, and man, Especially like, considering all the disabilities and the mental things yeah. and the history and the family. And she would just say all like, there's so much she can do with her, her face. Yeah. yeah. In terms of this, all, everything we've just said, like she's able to convey so much of that just in her face and how she, just exist on the screen yeah. and even when she's not on the screen too. yeah when, when she did that blood curdling scream when she finds out about her daughter being uh, dead oh. and like it's just the camera's lingering on peter and yeah you like, don't even oh it's yeah. so good very well yeah. done and like that's what i i need to look up the director's name because i i we are praising him but we're yeah, we just we're, don't know his name <laughs> we're praising him, just not giving him hey dude money. you're good you're good uh ari yeah. aster um <laughs> or dude that i yeah. don't know <laughs> uh ari i think he's a guy um the the choices that he made were like bold in the way of usually you'd think mother lost her child. You'd want to see the mother in the grief. Cause that's where the emotional punch would be. Mm-hmm. But staying with Peter in that total, like PTSD, like I can't believe this happened. I'm not even sure if it happened. I Is this real? Want... If I wake up, yeah. maybe if I wake up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like just hearing her outside with the fucking decapitated body of her daughter in the car is just like, Holy shit shit and, and you like do get a, you get to see her a little bit like uh, they got cut back to her in, the, in her point. room on the floor yeah. just like yeah. i want to like, die yeah. die i want to yeah. die yeah which they shot in a in a really wide shot i thought that was really yeah. interesting it's a very rosemary baby and, and you also <laughs> but you also get gabriel burn gabriel burn is i'm sorry i didn't want to jump ahead but like no, gabriel burn um was really interesting the way he was used because he's not usually like such a secondary character in a story and he was so quiet and so reserved and just like everyone else was having all these emotions around him and you could see him just sort of being like well I've got to be stoic he's not allowed to grieve because everyone else is so busy swallowing like wallowing in their grief and the movie lets him though like the movie gets to like they let him in the car for a brief moment and it was so effective just because Mm. he's like so held together by barely anything yeah and the, the other thing I want to bring up about Ari uh, is apparently he wrote this movie based on his own family in a way, which I hope is very loosely based because otherwise, <laughs> sorry, Ari, that sucks. So is he confessing that he uh, is, in fact, yeah. some kind of ancient <laughs> god? Guys, I'm Paimon. Get, get rid of uh, me, please. He, uh, he and his family believed for a long time that they had a curse, and he wanted to make a movie about a family that is also cursed. And I thought that was kind of an interesting oh. idea. And when you know that uh, that symbol that was above the decapitated grandma... Like, if you know to look for that symbol, it's all over the fucking movie. It's on the telephone pole. Yeah, it's on the I, telephone I pole that, that hits her. Like, it's, it's on her necklace when she's in the coffin. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I imagine that there's more places where you weren't really paying attention where they yeah, showed definitely. up too. And I, that would be 
this would be an exciting rewatch. It is, yeah, and it's one of those ones where it's like the the filmmaking is so on point for all the things we've said so far. Like letting the dad kind of be the quiet, like stoic grief, even though you can tell he's bursting at the seams. The quiet, angry grief. The son who's PTSD. Like all these choices mixed into each other. Like it's just such good filmmaking that we just don't really get that often. Well, and I think especially that's, in horror movies, that's an important distinction in like movies like this, that like horror movies that. Like this is what makes it good. Like yeah. not necessarily the, how creepy it can get, or the the demon part, or the plot. The plot is for me. It, it's important that they're able to do that with these characters. Yeah, and that, that there's so much character work done with their like mental state and how they deal with cope with grief and all that. It's just that's such an important part. That's why the end can be effective. Yeah, yeah. you need to connect to the characters before they die, or else it's what's the point of watching. <laughs> yeah, and I think this is the. It's another one of the things that I think the movie does just a little bit off. Of, I, I agree with Emily on that. Uh, I forget the actor's name. The um, the dad. Gabriel uh, Byrne. Yeah, he's such a good actor that I, like by trying to keep him stoic into the side, I feel like we might have missed out on that connection just a little bit. Well, because yeah, of course, when when he's charred at the end, it doesn't quite have the punch because you're like, oh, she's gonna throw it in there. He's gonna, probably gonna burn. Okay, he burns. Fine. Yeah. Whereas like every transformation of everyone else, every death or rebecoming, like hits you yeah mm-hmm. he's the only one that's kind of like just for show like like oh he burst into flames that was shocking that feels the most cheesy out of out of them yeah. like he's like oh he's there he burns and he's just kind of neatly placed on the ground with his hands up we, carbonite we style. probably could have used a scene between him and peter that showed some intimacy like, yeah that's just what we were missing or peter or uh, him and charlie just yeah. like a- anything just something to just give him just a little bit extra because I, I feel like yeah, he could have easily, they could have had, maybe they did and they cut it, but they could yeah. have had a scene of him comforting Peter, trying to like, you know, let, after the dinner scene would have been great to be like, yeah. look, your mom's grieving. She didn't mean what she said, you know, some, a, a moment, yeah. because we almost never get a scene with just the two of them. No. And it's one of those where they, they went for realism over like filmmaking. And it's yeah. like, sometimes you got to let the realism go and just like mm-hmm. give the audience a little bit more. Cause they did what that dad would have done, which is he just pats him on the hand. Like, Hey, it's okay. I'm here for you. Let's go back to eating. And it's like, okay, that would be real life, but. I don't want to watch real life right now. I'll well, watch the horror movie. Yeah. And after such a explosive outburst from Tony Collette's character, Annie, and that moment being so charged, yeah. we can. We're, we're bought in. We're bought in like 100% in the scene now. Yeah. You can kind of shift that and play for the theme more so than the realism. I, I feel like that. I would, yeah. I wouldn't be fine. I would be fine with it being not realistic then if it meant more of like a to see that connection and it would have been something as easy as just like the dad just going you know she doesn't blame you right and then just have the kid stand up and walk away like it would just been like one little thing just to give him a little bit more like human not just extra character because that's i kind of feel like that's where he borders on is just slightly to just we need another body in, in a movie. way yeah. though that's how everyone in the family seems to see him that's like, true she's yeah. losing her shit on the floor and talk about dying and he's also grieving he's also lost his child yeah but he's just being stoic and comforting her as if his feelings are irrelevant i think that's why he starts to lose his shit at the end he's just like yeah. what the f-? like why i'm also i also lost a child but yeah. he's yeah. not allowed to express any grief i also lost a child and why are we doing a seance right now yeah. like what the fuck yeah. there were a few times where i keep like i kind of forgot his relationship to everyone just because the movie made a very concerted point to be like he's such a background person yeah whereas like he's oh yeah he's the he's the husband he's the father oh i, I had to remind myself there was one point where i was like who like after coming back to him I was like what is his oh he's the dad he's the dad like the movie is like interested in keeping us away from being like empathizing did you guys watch sharp objects 
Ah, uh, no. I only watched the first episode. Because uh, there was also, like, that's also a story about, like, a, dealing with a child who was killed. Yeah. And the mother sucks the air out of every room she's in and is constantly publicly grieving. And it happened a long time ago, but she's still just making it all about her. And there is a scene, finally, where the husband just loses his shit and reminds her that, like, you're not the only one who lost a kid. Like, yeah. everything is not about you. So I thought this was very interesting how it, all, it mirrored that, you know, very yeah. different way, but... There are some similarities. And we just never got to that point of, I also lost a kid. Like, we almost, yeah. we butt up to it a few times, especially during the seance. Like, that's really where he's like, I'm trying to help you with your grief. I'm doing everything I can. I'm yeah. holding your hand. We're watching the glass move. I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. Like, and clearly, this, Peter is freaking the fuck out. And of she is not even is. noticing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I love that. Like, uh, I need to look that actor's name up, too. Like, because if I had just seen Jumanji, I would assume I'll never see this kid again. Because he was fine in Jumanji. He, didn't he was really only have, in it for a few minutes. He didn't really have much to do. Mm-hmm. And then I watched this one. It's like, oh, holy shit. He's a really good actor. Yeah. Alex Wolf again. Um, I liked that it was either his choice or the director's choice. I don't know which. To let him just do full-on baby sobs. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was so good. And like, it directly addresses what we were saying earlier about um, the father. Yeah. like They gave him that such cartoonish cry, which effectively made it feel real. Yeah, it's one of those, like, it's so childish in nature that it'd be embarrassing to be seen crying like that. Like, especially as, like, a teenage boy. Like, you would not want to see that. (laughs) And he does it two or three times throughout the movie, and it's like, like, that is, it's just such a raw, like, oh, that kid's definitely fucked up right now. Like, because if you were to hear that, you'd be like, oh, God, that kid's 16. He shouldn't be crying like that. Like, he has to be super upset. Yeah. And he's doing that, like, while his mom's trying to summon the ghost of the sister that he killed it's yeah. like yeah that's a lot of emotion for that and i mean kid. in the way that she died there's just you'd never recover from that you can no. you can move on you can live your life but you would need to be in therapy forever yeah. after having seen that happen i mean you just never i, I, yeah. I mean you just just break it down if you haven't like for some reason if you're listening to the, this incredibly spoily podcast and you haven't seen the movie okay. the kid is forced to take his sister to a party where he's trying to hook up with a hot girl in his class by giving her very good weed which is what he said but he's a high schooler, so we know shit weed. Um, <laughs> but so he has to take his daughter, who's too young to go to the or her sister, who's too young to go to the party, who's allergic to nuts, who he forces to go wait in line for cake that's chock filled with nuts. Ugh. She goes into like she starts not being able to breathe, so he freaks out, high out of his mind, tries to race her to a hospital on his way there. She gets her head knocked off by a telephone pole. Like because something's in the middle of the road, but is there's a deer in the middle of okay. the road. But if you want to go into the deep conspiracy theory, yeah. like a lot of us do, this was all orchestrated. Especially if the symbol was on the telephone pole. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this was all like, and I, I really like that. Like especially going like the the Greek chorus and all. It's like this was all out of their hands, and it just sucks that they're on this train. Although, but. if he had been carrying an epipen, none of this would have happened. Yeah. Yep. As someone with a nut allergy, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> having to uh, not having one for expensive expenses reasons. Yeah. It's like. There's a panic. Like, yeah. it, what a one-two punch for me watching this. Like, here's a nut allergy, and we're going to, you know, blast our head off. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, I, I've never, I, I have a very mild nut allergy, but I've ne- I've had it once where I had trouble breathing. It's freaky as fuck. Yeah. And like, I, I've, I've, I've reached, a, like, to where, you know, skin's changing color. I've gotten yeah. to a very deep point where it's like do or die, get to the hospital sort of yeah. thing. And both when the uh, the sister has that and then when the brother re-experiences it yeah. in the high school, in the classroom, it was just like a weird sense of like PSD or traumatic like reliving of those moments where it's like you like, you know, tearing at your throat and like it yeah. bulges and you, you can't breathe your face. Like I viscerally remembered all those yeah. times. Why do you think the brother relived that moment? 
Like, what was she, causing that? Didn't she... I, for me, I thought it was she visited, like... Yeah. She visited his body uh, and so, sort of started possessing. Like, it was, like, an attempt. Because anytime that, that weird flashy light happened, like, I think that happened then, too. Like, the weird flashing yeah. lights. Yep. And he started kind of being receiving it, like a signal. It seemed like that's so my vibe on it. The way that I had the movie broken down for me via multiple YouTube behind-the-scenes stuff that I watched, because I got really into how they made this movie. Mm-hmm. And I like that Ari Aster was like, I, I hate movies of, oh, what was the ending? Like He's like, <laughs> I, I hate that. He's like, so what you see happened. That mm-hmm. That is, like, that's not to be inferred or this. is like Hereditary might- explained in 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's like there might be things of, like... Why was the deer in the middle of the road? Like, those are the mysteries I'm okay with. But the endings, I want to be clear cut. So what you see happen, happened. And the way that, like, people kind of explained it was, because they have it in the movie, that the the god can only overtake a male host. And Charlie was supposed to be a boy. And that's why she's kind of got, like, a face. And And she's she's got a boy's name. A boy's name. And, like, so the god is in her at all times, but he can't manifest because he's in a girl. So they need to figure out how to get the girl into the boy. So as soon as she dies, the spirit's just kind of floating around now. But it is that deity. Oh, there's some kind of story in there about gender dysmorphia. I don't right? Know. Yeah, yeah, there's something in there. Yeah, maybe if she just had a sex change, be, yeah, everyone else would have survived. <laughs> she could have just waited a few more years. Yeah. Um, but so like, I think the idea there is that so once she dies and the spirit is just kind of loose until it can overtake uh, Alex Wolf's character, I think it might be kind of that'd be like the driving like fucking with him force. So like. They're trying to break him down so that he can be possessed. So, how did your sister die? She died in the middle of a nut allergy attack. We're going to make that happen to you. Yeah. It's the long road and then, to answer your question. Well, and then the end kind of pays that off, too, because the, yeah. like, that light can still go in him. Like, it went in him with ease. Yeah. So, it's like, why couldn't it have gone in him with ease at other times, too? Because he like, had to be weakened. Yeah. I right. think that was also in the little book yep. that she read, that he yeah. had to be weak. And that's pretty much every demon movie ever. That yeah. if you're going to get possessed, you have to get beaten down. That's why the demons always torture you for so long. And what better way to be beaten down than a boring class in school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of joking there, but anytime he's been in school, he's always been, like, most receptive. Yeah, that's true. Like, just wearied. Especially when, like, he's dozing and then it takes him over and oh, smashes his face in the desk. Can you imagine trying to go to school after that? You shouldn't yeah. go to school again for, like, the rest of the year. I love the scene with him and his friends trying to act normal, getting high oh under the bleachers. Oh. And he just loses it and just asks him to hold his hand. It's like, oh, fuck. And this kid is so fucked up. Justifiably and so. he's not but, in mm. therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and, props, and his dad is a therapist, guys. <laughs> and props to the editor for sticking around just long enough for the other guy to be like, okay, okay. Yeah. Like, like, I don't see, that's, that's an interesting uh, place to cut on. Yeah. You could, like, movies like this would cut earlier. But be like, yeah. hold my hand, like a genuine kind of show of like just emotion and then the other reciprocating that kind of comfort. And it's, I also it like the, the friends just trying to act as if it's no big deal. Like, oh, he's out here. He's smoking again. I guess we're all fine. And it's like one of those, mm. like, I, I remember I had a friend in high school who lost his dad. And it's like, you don't really know how to help somebody yeah. grieve in high school. You're there's an also, idiot. There's also a bit of toxic masculinity in that, like, men aren't allowed to show their emotions. Like yeah. you said, like a 16-year-old boy, not supposed to cry like that. Yeah. You know, you're man up. Do you deal with, oh, my God, what happened to him? Yeah. You, he should be yeah. allowed to cry. And, and they should be worried. Like, if it was a girl... And all of your girlfriends would be constantly like, are you okay? What can we yeah. do for you? You could cry all you want. Everyone's going to sit and hug you. But men, you're like, nope, you you've got to be, everything's fine. Yeah. And it's, it's again, another thing I like about this movie is that's all in the movie without ever spelling it out for mm. you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like lesser movies, like if this was like a Platinum Dunes movie, there'd be an entire conversation about how men can't cry like that. And it's like, no, we can just understand that socially he'd be made fun of for crying like that, no matter what happened to yeah. him. And it's like, uh, and that's fucked up. It is. And, 
Yeah, men it, should cry. Cry if you want. I mean, don't be annoying about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what kind of stands out to me now, interesting, uh, interestingly enough, as we're talking about it, is like all this praise we're heaping on it for movies that we've kind of deemed as good. And I've, I've been trying to yeah. think of, as we're talking about what's kind of doing that for me, because the grief stuff is really, really great in how they handle it. So I'm, I'm curious where that where that shift downward so, is for everyone, everyone. Kind of like where it kind of gets explicitly just good. From so for great. me, I think it's a movie where it, it it's not the sum of its parts. And like I think the parts of the movie, like when you pick them out, are all fantastic. Like the acting is great, the script is good, the set design is beautiful and very whole movie's well shot, well cut. Everything is really good. But you put it together, and it tells a story that we've all heard before mm-hmm. in one way or another. Uh, it does things we've all seen before. We've all seen the mom crouched in the corner on the side of the room. Like that was in Conjuring. It was right. Babadook. It was in Mother. It was in, I, I, the list goes on and on. Like all these things we've seen before. And just because this movie did it better than all of them, it didn't bring anything new necessarily I to definitely, the table. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of horror movies, but I definitely yeah. have not seen the main character suspended from the ceiling sawing her own neck off. Sure, yeah. That, that, that is one thing. Yeah, yeah but, but she's like also been in like a white top. gown and that's kind of an iconic motherly white gown kind yeah. of... Again, conjuring. Like, yeah. like these, yeah. and not even like that long ago. So I think that's where... Okay. If... If you want to go for, like, why are we saying this is good, not great, it's probably our own fault that we've just seen too many fucking movies. Uh, for me, like, I was so keyed into maybe the grief part of this. It was a great movie about grief. And then, for me, that shift happened when it became more about the, you know, Paimon's possession yeah. and the cult thing, where it started to shift over into this territory that I've seen before. And I, and for me, I think that, for me, that I think diminished that a little bit. Because I was so keyed in on the grief that it, it was just translating to this kind of cheesier horror. But it's, like, I, that's had, also doing I had the opposite, because like, I love The Babadook for grief so much, because I still will say that it's the best movie about grief ever. Yeah. I have uh, not seen that movie. I was under the impression it was about a gay man in a top hat. It is not. <laughs> okay. That is That was okay. a Netflix mistake okay. where they accidentally put it under LGBTQ oh, for see. a day, I and see. everyone thought that was funny, and now they're no. saying it's about homosexuality. Oh, okay. It is not in any way about homosexuality, and the people who are trying to like bullshit their way into it are wrong. Okay. It's about grief. Copy that. <laughs> um, it really annoys the shit on me because I, I think, think that with, is the best horror movie made of the past oh, twenty years. And I think so good. I think with that one for me, it was the parental kind of duality of yeah. hating and loving your child at the same time. And yeah. that, like, as a, as a new parent at the time watching that, that was where I was cued in on this. Yeah. Whereas I was so specifically cued into the very specific uh, depiction of grief and loss that maybe it was more of a just a whiplash jumping into the scarier moments. So sure. I'm, I'm on board yeah. for both both of these movies that this movie is. Yeah. But the collective, like you said, maybe just felt like a weird like cake that you baked that didn't quite, you know, the piece, the two pieces. It was unapproved. Unapproved. <laughs> and at the same time, though, the, the grief was what was propelling everything else. Yeah. Like, yeah. she did all that because she was grieving. Yeah. Like, so, she, yeah. If, if Charlie hadn't died, she wouldn't have done the seance. She wouldn't have been looking, you know, she wouldn't have been yeah. trying to find a spirit. And then they, that's what made them all weak in the end. So, you know, it was necessary. The grief was propelling the story forward. Yeah. More than the people were. Yeah, well, the people definitely weren't. Yeah. Uh, And then as a sense of, like, you're giving yourself over and becoming, like this movie does. A lot of other movies, like we said, have done these things. Um, uh, Candyman's done this. uh, The Witch did this. And The Witch had such a strong kind of, like, come with me and I accept it kind of moment. Yeah. That That people think it's a happy ending. They did it so well that people are like, oh, it's a happy ending for him. No, it's fucking not. No, right, right. Whereas, like you said, uh, the not adding a new thing to it. This yeah. was just a treehouse with a tin can statue that he kind of replaces. Yeah. But like, yeah. So like, it's weird. It, it's kind of a 
the ending is where I start to drop more. But even though that ending is still pretty good, uh, the ending I think the ending is solid. I think it works really well. But it is just I think that's I, we're hitting the nail on the head. We're getting almost redundant with it. Where it's like it's great, but because we've seen so many movies, yeah. it just doesn't really. It doesn't impress us as much as it might if you're not like a super movie buff and watch movies all the fucking time. Yes, but also because we've seen so many horror movies, there was still a great fun and when he like runs up the stairs into the attic, you're like, don't go up there. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Don't you do that. Like, Everybody knows not to go up there. And like, when you can glide. At, as he's going up the thing into the attic, I'm like, if there's old naked people up there, I swear to God. Oh, and then old naked people, I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I like the, 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 the old naked people just waving to him in the bushes like, hi, like, yeah. a pleasant, like hi, hi, neighbor. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and that, that's what's funny is because that's what makes him jump out the window. He's just like, there's a picture of me with my eyes gouged out. I've just watched the charred corpse of my dad. My mom is sawing her own head off, suspended from the ceiling. Fucking old people waving at me. I'm out. <laughs> that, was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, naked ugly people. naked people. I'm out of here. He probably hasn't spent a lot of time at the gym because yeah. there are always ugly naked the people. The naked uh, old. Sorry, not ah. only old naked, old people. naked people. I want no part of this orgy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lemon party. That's, what it's <laughs> That's the, the scene after we cut. Meanwhile, yeah. the headless horseman is over here, but this is my jam. <laughs> Uh, I think it's time to move into quotes on this. Um, my quote I already said once by accident, but I, I, I will say it again. Um, it's in a dream, but it is still totally what she feels, and she makes that abundantly clear throughout the entire movie. Uh, when Alex Wolf's character asks her, why are you afraid of me? And she says, I never wanted to be your mom. And then just immediately covers her mouth. Like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And then he keeps asking her more questions, and she lets go and says more horrible things and covers up again. And then more horrible things and covers up again. Aren't they also like, being drenched in like paint thinner too in that scene? Or is that a different By scene? the end of it, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and it's one of those things where it's like, I, oh, like I'm watching this movie with my son in my arms oh feeding my him. And like, I never want to be your mom. And I was like, I've always wanted to be your dad. Don't listen to the mean movie. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I know those moms. I, I have friends with some of those moms who are just grinning and bearing it. And it's like, well, and when a movie says this, it feels like you said it. Yeah, and it feels like it feels like the, suddenly the words came out of your mouth, and yeah. it's hard to explain. But like, I didn't mean it. <laughs> like, I, I watched this, therefore I said it. It's, it's a very weird yeah. kind of. I enjoy the movie, but I disagree with it. Don't don't <laughs> read into this, baby. I know you can understand everything that's happening. I, I read a really cool article. I was I don't remember where uh, recently uh, about a woman talking about the shame about how it feels to be a mother who doesn't really want to be a mother and how much shame there is and how like oh, yeah. if, if you feel pressure that's why I hate when people are like why don't you have kids you should have kids it's like you like you should instead of wanting to you should have them to make somebody a grandparent or whatever because then you get women who have babies because society has pressured them into it and they don't want them and that's a very common problem that you yeah. have a lot of women raising babies and they never wanted to be a mom yeah and it's it's not fair to either of them yeah and it's it's brutal and Movies like this make you go, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. you just shouldn't have kids. Well, that's what I always try to explain. Like when, when my mom would be like, or, or anybody would just be like, why don't you give make your mother, your mom a grandma? Why don't you give your mom a kid? And I was like, is that why you want me to have a kid? Do you want me to have a kid so that my mother can be a grandmother? Like what a terrible reason to birth yeah. a child. <laughs> my gra my mother lives in North Carolina. I would say I, that like, that's not... a worse reason than to keep the marriage together. Yeah. <laughs> you should have a kid because you want to have a kid. Yeah. No other reason. Yeah, hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Uh, I had a, a, a line in mind, but I want to do a moment instead. 
um, it's the the scene where she wakes up, uh, Annie wakes up and has all the bugs, and she follows it to her her son's room, Peter's room, mm. and sees him all like like the corpse of Charlie. And then she just like it's quiet, but she opens her mouth to scream, and then you hear him kind of fade in, being like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And then wait, and then, like it goes back to normal. Oh, but yeah. just that the visceralness of that scene with her like facial expression. I don't know, like I cued into like op- like opening your mouth in horror and screaming. This movie did a very good job of that, yeah. and that particular scene I think stood out to me the most out of anything anyone actually said. That was a rough one. It was. <laughs> I was like, I don't I like, ca- I don't like ants. Like they mm. they freak me out. So seeing both heads covered in ants, I'm like, mm, no, no, just, yeah. Just, and then her like her face was a literal mirror of my react. Like I felt like a re- <laughs> it felt like a literal reaction. So Jandy walked in. She's like, what the fuck like, is uh, happening here? I'm like. Ah. <laughs> But yeah, it was that was such a great moment. For it's me. a good one. It's a punch, that's for sure. Yeah. What about you? Um, I guess I'm gonna go with uh, when she was doing her eulogy for her matriarch for the oh, grandma. Yeah. Ooh, and so just like she was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. <laughs> I, I feel like that's it's you don't really see many people like kind of discounting people who just died, and she does that in that moment, but in in a heartfelt and loving way as well. So she's basically like, I, I it just kind of set the tone like this this woman was. Not the best woman in the world, but she's still somehow loved, even though she's not. Well, that was the, yeah. as soon as she says the "I'm happy to see so many strange faces here." Yes, as soon as she said that, I'm like, she was very I secretive. Smell a cult. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about that particular scene is they don't edit, like they don't, they don't make the cut when they should. They give you an extra second to like punctuate what she just said. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there, like, there's a whole like level of acting in that like half a second. Yeah, that I think is so great. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Um, mine is uh, right after the decapitation in the car when he's sitting there and he doesn't even turn around. He just kind of looks in the mirror and then he just kind of goes, you're okay. And then just drives away. <laughs> like uh, that was such a, like granted, I've never decapitated anyone with my car. You but, haven't? You should try it. It's a blast. <laughs> but I found that so relatable that like the yep. minute you've just, even if it's just dropping a smash glass on the floor, you know, or anytime you do something that you know is going to be a pain in the ass to fix or something that you can't fix or whatever. I mean, don't we all do it? Your immediate reaction is, it, it's fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Nothing <laughs> is bad. And then you just sort of, take a minute before you realize okay now i have to fix whatever's broken but like i just that was in the minute that happened he just uh and then just driving straight home and going straight yeah. in the house and just leaving the body in the car i was like holy shit but i, I just love that that he was just like you're fine uh review system i'm going for <laughs> movies about families all right i'll go i'm going with royal tenenbaums huh. um and I'm doing that because this movie's all about a family that's cursed, and it's all about the the matriarch who has basically ruined things for everyone there on down because of what they wanted and their own selfish needs. And I think that is very relatable to Royal Tenenbaums, where Royal ruins that whole fucking family because he's so goddamn selfish. Uh, granted, Royal Tenenbaums, they fix things and everything is a punky dory except for a dog. Uh, whereas this movie goes the very opposite way. <laughs> I had I had one that popped in my mind as like a joke, and then I then I spent too much time trying to think about it and get it to work. Was it Fast and Furious? <sighs> no. Well, and, well, that's not technically you know, a family. Yeah, you know, fuck it. That's I'm gonna do it. Family. Yeah, Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the family decides to go, you know, go out on a trip, and they get you know stranded, and it's all because of the parents' fault. Yeah. <laughs> 
It has Matt LeBlanc in it. Everybody loves Matt LeBlanc. Oh, speaking of Matt LeBlanc, I'm just going to go with the first movie that I because I haven't thought of a better one. Uh, we're going to go with Lost in Space, um, which is a, it's not as good a movie as this yeah. is, but uh, it is definitely fucking dysfunctional. Uh, and you know, there's still like uh, there's still insects in it, and uh, and there's a bad, very bad man, and uh, the kid, the little kid, is pretty traumatized. Yeah. Last um, but not least. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we had a bunch of bullshit answers here. That's what the yeah, racism was. I guess so. <laughs> I was initially wanted to say, like, uh, when I was coming in, I was going to say, like, sunshine, because it falls off the, the rails at the end for me. But um, <laughs> I guess I'll go with Interstellar for similar reasons. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, that's about the family trying to get back together, and this is about the family trying to get back together with a god. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. sure. <laughs> that works. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to do a, a quick round of plugs. Uh, as always, listen to Venture Bros. Venture Bros. podcast uh, comes out every Monday at 10 a.m. Uh, we are in the midst of season two. We're actually coming closer and closer to the end of season two, which is sad because season two is just nothing but joy from episode one to the end of the season. Um, and then be sure to check out Samwise. Uh, that comes out Wednesdays? Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Also at 10 a.m., I believe. Yep. Yep. 10 or whenever the upload like yeah. get, gets <laughs> finishes. Uh, that one's a little bit easier to listen to than all three of our shows because that one can be anywhere from like 10 minutes to like 20 minutes. Uh, and then this one's usually an hour, a little bit changed. And then and it's a little course. bit of a different beast from the other ones because the other ones yeah. are about a, a particular element of pop culture in some way. Yeah. This is using an element of pop culture to actually give advice. It's actually an, avi- an advice show. You yeah. can ask any question you want. Yeah. And then uh, if you email them in or anything like that to uh, sam.wise at at. Is it samwise.ath or sam.wise.ath? It is sam.wise.ath at gmail.com. That's what I thought. Okay, there we go. Uh, and then also always read our articles Wednesdays and Fridays. We had a bit of a lull there because I got way bogged down with a sick kid, uh, but we are coming back up nice and strong. Yep. And that's it for the ATH yeah. plugs. Every time it's my turn to write an article, like literally every time, somebody <laughs> will be like, where's our article? And I'll be like, fuck! <laughs> every time. I've been writing one article for like three weeks now because whenever I have time to do it is right when corn just starts just going, I'm going to throw up everywhere. How does that sound? <laughs> sound good? Here we go. <laughs> so that's, that is, Please tell me that's the noise he makes. Sometimes. Yeah. He's done it twice and it's horrifying. <laughs> right, that's it for my plugs. Anybody else anything to plug? Uh, Doctor Who just premiered. Um, so if you want to look like the 13th Doctor, you can commission me to make you a coat. Don't buy inferior bullshit coats because... There's a coat from a certain company. I'm not going to talk shit about them by name, but like it's not a very high quality coat and it's not screen accurate because I'm just saying this because I saw on a post recently that someone was talking about the pants and they were like, oh no, the screen accurate pants are X. And I was like, how do you know that? And they were like, well, because I bought them from this company and that's what they look like. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not screen accurate. Just because a company makes it does not mean it's screen accurate. So if you want screen accurate, with one exception, um, the real coat has a split sleeve and I'm not making a split or a split cuff and I'm not making split cuffs. But other than that, my coats are 100% screen accurate. Oh, and the fabric. I use a lighter weight fabric because it's better for walking around con- conventions. But um, uh, Emily Blake sews... Uh, on Etsy so you can order it from there and I will make it for you to custom to your dimensions cool sweet nice. Tom what are you making for people these days uh, movies <laughs> movies fashion movies and fashion um, <laughs> actually you guys should get together you being such a, fa- uh, a fashionista <laughs> yes exactly I should <laughs> you can tell by the Cuphead shirt that I have yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I run currently an online writing community based around professional wrestling so you can check that out at defiancewrestling.com we write out uh, segments and matches and it's just basically novel based script based sometimes so yeah a lot of cool. fun yeah 
Cool. All right. Well, that's the end of our plugs. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to tune in next week as our horror month continues uh, with the not widely seen, but probably should be, Tragedy Girls. So if you're listening to this on Thursday and you want to listen next week, go on to Hulu or borrow your friend's account for Hulu. Check out Tragedy Girls. And that's what we'll be talking about. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.